Church, what is up? Hi. Welcome online and welcome in person. Uh, I don't know about you, but I am pumped to be here today. Like when you see that inflatable out there, and I am going to race every last one of you in that obstacle course, and we will see what happens. That's the challenge. So, um, like I'm excited for the after party. I'm excited to hang out and build community uh, with us. Uh, that kids ministry. So the kids ministry has been raising money for months uh, to go to feed my people. And so they've probably stolen a lot of your change and brought it to church and put it in the bucket. And I thought, wouldn't that be cool if we could say, hey, you guys raised $137. Awesome. Now, you've inspired the adults to give. And now we've taken your $137 and that has inspired us and you've kind of sown that seed and then that has grown up to, I hope we can match $500. So next week we could go down to the kids ministry and say, look what you're giving, look what your generosity has done. You gave, it multiplied. And now we get to bless people in our city. Wouldn't that be cool? Y'all must be asleep today. Come on. You guys got to wake up. Um, first Peter, uh, turn with me to First Peter chapter 1. As we get into this, this sermon, it's the third part of our series called The Path. And we've been walking through uh, kind of our discipleship pathway. Like, as you follow Jesus, we've been walking through, well, like, how do you get involved? Where do you fit in? Where are the places that you could grow here? And what's the overall vision? And, and that's a little bit what we're going to talk about today. First Peter. It, it kind of answers the question, uh, like, why do we need church? Why do we come to church? Has anybody ever asked yourself that question? Nobody. Awesome. <laughs> You guys all know, why am I, why am I up here? Uh, I think there's probably a point in time when we've all asked ourselves that question, right? Why do I need to go to church? Like, like it's kind of a pain to get up on Sunday morning. I'd like to sleep in or, or like to um, just not watch online at, at 10.30 a.m. Uh, like, what's, what's the point? Or maybe you get in the, the place where you've been coming to church for a while, or, or you, you win as a kid, and now you're trying to figure out, like, where's the place of church for me? Like, I go, and it doesn't really feel like anything. It doesn't really make sense. So I want to help try to address that question this morning. So I'll just read through First Peter, starting in chapter uh, 23. You can read along. You can pull out your phone and read on your Bible app or whatever. Uh, so... Verse 23, for you have been born again, okay? So if you are following Jesus here this morning, the Bible says you are made a new creation. You are made new. You are made alive in Jesus. So first, note that. You are born again, not of a perishable seed, but of, a, of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. Interesting, that, that word in the Greek, that word of God, is actually the same word that is used to describe Jesus in John chapter 1. 
The word moved into the neighborhood and became flesh and lives among us, dwells among us. Same word. All people are like grass and all their glory is like the flowers of the field and the grass withers and the flowers fall. But the word of the Lord endures forever. How many know everything on this earth is temporary? Everything that you buy is a fixer-upper. Every relationship you need to work at, you need to invest in, you need to be intentional with in order for it to grow. Everything on this earth is temporary. And Peter is interesting because Peter is writing to the church, and it's the church in exile, which means it's a church where there's a lot of persecution happening in the city that Peter is writing to. And it's not the kind of persecution like, this person left a snarky comment on my Facebook post that had to do with Jesus. That's not really persecution. The persecution these guys were dealing with, they were gathering up Christians and taking them out of the city and actually killing them. That is persecution. That's what Peter was writing into the church about. And so he's writing them going, hey, keep your eyes fixed on what is good, what is enduring, what is hopeful. Don't look at all the stuff that's temporary. All the stuff that rusts, all the stuff that breaks down. Keep your eyes fixed on the word which is Jesus. And this is the word that was preached, chapter 2. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander of every kind, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up. In your salvation. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. So there's a couple things here, right? Why do we go to church? Why do we need the church? Why... Why? First Peter chapter 2, verse 4. As you come to him, as you put your faith in him, as you decide, I am going to arrange my life so Jesus is on the center of it. As you come to him, say every way that I think, every action that I do in this life is going to be centered on Jesus and I'm going to bring all of it even when I mess up. Like, he's already forgiven it. I'm going to bring it to him. I'm going to base my life on Jesus. As you come to him, he's the living stone rejected by humans but chosen by God and is precious to him. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So as you come to follow Jesus, 
you join other Christ followers. And it's God who is building, maturing, growing this spiritual house that is the church. We are being built up. It's not this idea that like I just go to church, I feel all good inside when they sing the song that I love. I feel all good inside when the preacher's motivating or inspirational or whatever. And then I leave and go back to my life and just go about my life. And it's this disconnected thing where my life is over here, my work life is over here, my marriage is over here, my relationships are over here, and church is over there, and they're all disconnected. That's not the way it is. Everything is connected together. So Peter's saying, as you follow Jesus, as you join others to worship him and praise him, he is building you up, growing you up into this spiritual house, which is the church. And part of our vision here as a church is that we are a church that is for God, for people, and for our city. It's very intentional that the for God is first. Because first and foremost, we are for God. We are for Jesus. He is the center. He is the cornerstone of our lives, of our church. See, sometimes I think we might miss this. Sometimes I think we struggle with this. Because we have a tendency to make everything about us. I don't know if you know that. You might be the one person in here like, no, it's not, nothing's about me. It's all about other people, which in some weird way you turn and make it about yourself. You all know who I'm talking about. But we make it about us, and we start to consume church just like we consume everything else in our lives. We say things like, well, I didn't really get much out of today. I tried it. It didn't work. They didn't quite sing the songs that I like, and I'm kind of disappointed in that. Like, I wish they would sing different songs. I didn't like what the pastor was wearing today. And I'm out. I wish you'd be more like hipster or more professional or put in whatever you want there. I'm sorry, I'm not. Whatever. I don't really like that person. That I go to church with. I'm not pointing at anybody specific. But I don't really like that person that I go to church with. So I'm out. I can't possibly go to church with that person. I don't like the parking situation. Like I don't don't like the way the sun's shining today. So I'm not going to go to church. It's not. I'm not quite feeling it. I'm really busy. I'm too tired. It's the end of the week. I got to get ready for Monday. I'm exhausted. Well, good news, we're online. You could watch anytime you want. (laughs) See, we miss the fact that something very powerful happens in this place when we all come together and follow Jesus. 
And we enter the room with not just the thought of what can I get out of today, but with the thought of what can I bring today? How can I praise Jesus today? How can I honor him today, regardless of how it's packaged? Like the package doesn't really matter. What matters is my heart walking into this place going, I want to give God something today. I want to give him my praise. I want to give him my gratitude. I want to take a moment and just honor him for who he is. Romans 12, walk through the doors in view of God's grace and mercy. And you bring your bodies and you bring your minds and those are spiritual sacrifices to be renewed by Jesus, to be transformed by Jesus. Like what if we walked through the doors with this sense of awe, this sense of gratitude? Like, Jesus, you breathe my life into existence. You've knit every hair on my head. Like, you created me. You formed me. You shaped me. You made me alive. You've given me freedom, not only from things, but to things as I follow you and center my life on you. I'm so thankful for your grace and mercy. You've given me a new identity that I could live into. And I have power to do that in him. What if we walked in and we're like, I don't really care what the sermon is today. I don't really care what worship songs we sing. I don't really care if everything goes my way and the coffee is hot and good. I don't really care. I just want to get in with God's people in the spiritual house and praise him. Man, how would that change this place? How would that change your heart? How would that change this city? Like what if we came to contribute rather than consume? We say around here we are spiritual contributors, not spiritual consumers. I've come to contribute. I've come to bring my gifts. I've come to bring my passions. I've come to offer praise. See, it takes work to push through the tiredness. It takes work to push through the feelings. It takes work to make time. But man, it's worth it. Because for me, it makes all those other things fall in place. What if we came to worship Jesus because he is holy? Like you ever worship Jesus and you walked in and you're like just annoyed, mad. Maybe it's today. Maybe it was a rough go getting here with the family. Like you're just annoyed and mad or you're just feeling depressed or you're full of anxiety. And you come and you really pour your heart out to Jesus and you really praise him and focus on him. Have you ever had all that other stuff start to melt away? 
as you focused on him instead of all the other things. Now, hear me. It's not saying that it's some magic pill, like you come and sing a song, focus on Jesus, all that other stuff goes away. No, 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 not that at all. If anything, being a Christ follower makes some of those other things more complicated. But for me, it gives me the power and the strength and the peace to know that Jesus is in control. Jesus has got it. And Jesus has a plan. So it lessens the burden of everything else. Like what situation are you in right now that you need the burden lessened in? I'm gonna guess every single one of us has one of those situations. But we are being built up into a spiritual house. And here's the great thing. It's happening whether you believe it or not. That's what Jesus is doing in the church all across the globe. Ephesians 2, 19 through 22. It says this, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself is the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you who are being built together become the dwelling where God lives through the Holy Spirit. Like you just think about that for a second. When was the last time you walked in a church and you miraculously were able to get your mind off of yourself, how you're feeling, thinking, the struggle, whatever? This happens to me as well, right? We're all human here. But when was the last time like, you walked in a church and you were like, man, I'm excited because it is one more week that God is building this spiritual house that the Holy Spirit is dwelling in. Like you think on that, that's game changing. If we actually believed it, that would be game changing. Another one is just the next chapter over in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4, 11 through 16. He talks about the church and he says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith, in the knowledge of the Son of God and we become mature, attaining the whole measure of Christ. So there's this idea all throughout Scripture that it's not what we can get, it's what we can bring. And as we join together, 
God is growing this spiritual house in which the Holy Spirit is dwelling. And we are being equipped. We are growing in our salvation. We are being equipped every single week. You are being equipped to then go out and do what you were called to do. It's not my job to go to your work and try to invite your coworkers to church. That'd be straight up awkward for everyone, especially you. Right? But it is your job. And this is why we have groups and teams. These are things that are there to equip you, to build you up. So can we put up that graphic? So here is, in a nutshell, our discipleship pathway. Uh, Our mission to lead people to follow Jesus. Our vision is to be a church for God, for our city, uh, for people and for our city. And, and there's two questions that we've been asking the last couple of weeks. Where do I fit in? So maybe you're sitting here and you're going, I'm, I'm not ready to commit to anything. Like, I just really want to attend because that's where I'm at. I'm not, or maybe I've worked really, really hard for the last six years, uh, seven years, and I really just need some time to just attend. So maybe you're in that space where you're like, I just want to come and experience Jesus. Like, like maybe sign up for a team, maybe sign up for a group, but I literally just need to attend for a little while to heal or to grow in my faith or get questions answered or figure out some of these things that I'm doubting. Or, or maybe you're a door holder, which is the next phase, which is you're saying yes to the vision of Renew Church and you're saying Renew Church is my home. Or maybe you're a place where you're like, I'm all in. I'm all in on what God's called me to. I'm all in on the vision of the church. I'm all in. I want to be someone that helps own the vision of the church. Like, I want to have ownership in this, so I want to be a partner and commit to serving the rest of the church. And then we have these other three spots, get involved, and groups and teams. Uh, There are sign-ups outside if you are ready to take that step of faith to join a team or join a group. There are sign-ups outside. And you ask, why would I do that? Because those are the things that equip you. Those are the things that grow you up. Those are the places where you build community with other Jesus followers. Do you know a small group that I'm a part of? The life group that I'm a part of? Those are some of the first people that we call when something happens. And we need prayer. My mom had a stroke. Last year. They were the first people that we texted. Hey, start praying. We need prayer. Cool, we're praying. You need a phone charger at the hospital? You need food brought? Like what, you need something? The first people that we contacted, we need prayer right now, done. Whole group of people praying. It's the place 
where we are being built together outside of a Sunday morning, where we are maturing, where we are growing, where we're rubbing shoulders with each other. It's a place to equip you, to grow you. It's a place to belong. Uh, I got to keep going. I'm going to run out of time here. First Peter, uh, if you continue in First Peter, he's talking, and he gets to the point where he says, you are, in verse 9, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. God's royal priesthood Uh, You are a special possession. You may declare the praises of him who called you out of the darkness and into his wonderful light. That's what you and I are called to be. Just like Jesus was called to be the word who moved in the neighborhood, who overcame the evil one, who overcame darkness and became the light. He then calls you and I to go out and be the light in this world. Once you were not a people, and now you are a people of God. And then we talked about this verse a couple verses later in our gospel series. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they see your good deeds and glorify God. See, these verses cover the process of what it means to follow Jesus. You follow Jesus, you put him center in your life. Everything eventually, and we're all in the process of this, starts being centered on Jesus. All that I think, all that I do, how I spend my money, how I spend my time, how I interact with people, it all eventually starts being transformed in his grace and mercy to be Jesus-like. And then you join other Christ followers and you come and you praise him and you're filled with gratitude and you love what he's doing and you honor God. You honor Jesus for what he's done in your life and what he continues to do. And then you start being built up into the spiritual house. And then you start going out into the world, reaching people, having conversations, serving people, blessing people. And you live such a good life. That others look at it and go, man, there must be a God. (laughs) I want to get to know that God. Because I want what you have. That's how I want to live life. This is also where the last part of our vision comes in, for our city. See, we're a church, we want to be known by what we're for rather than what we're against. There's a lot of churches out there that you know them because of what they are against. And I'd rather be known as a church for what we are for. Amen? You all need to wake up in here. So we want to be a church that is for the city. To go out and love your neighbor. 
to go out and serve, to go out to be the light in the darkness. This church is founded on Acts 19. In our denomination, every church plant has what they call a seed verse. It's this verse that literally you are going to base everything off of. And and if you take it real literal, you'd plant it in the ground so it can grow. And you can go home and read Acts chapter 19. It'll bless you. I'm sure there's a funny part of the story in there that I'm sure you'd enjoy. But Acts chapter 19 is the story of the church starting in the city of Ephesus. Paul rolls up in the city. He meets two guys uh, that are, maybe three, that are following Jesus. He explains Jesus to them. They decide we're all in. And then Paul just starts preaching anywhere he can. And it says he preached to the whole city so that the entire city, this is a big city, city of Ephesus, the entire city heard the good news of Jesus. Has Eau Claire heard the good news of Jesus? Like the entire city? We got some ways to go. The entire city heard the good news of Jesus. Paul starts walking around. The, 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 the other people in the church start walking around preaching, healing people. Like it says the, the name, the power and the name of Jesus grew. In the city. And then people started coming to the church and getting rid of all the junk they were believing in. They'd believe in these little statues that they'd carry around in their pockets that they thought would give them power. They started chucking those in the fire. They started getting rid of everything and giving everything to Jesus. We talked about the early church last week, how they prayed together, they ate together, they worshiped together. That's what the church of Ephesus started to do. Hundreds of thousands of people started coming and giving their lives to Jesus. And then this is my favorite part. The silversmiths that made those little statues called amulets got so upset because the church was disrupting their business. Because as people started ditching those statues, they started giving their lives to Jesus. Well, they weren't buying all these statues anymore. So the silversmiths got together and said, what is going on? We can no longer make a living. We can no no longer profit off uh, these small little idols that we're trying to sell people. We are going to riot against the church. How cool is that? They created such a disturbance in the city. That's my prayer and my hope for this church and for others in the city, that we would create a disturbance in the city that is noticeable. So this year, to kind of walk through a little bit, this year, we are becoming much more intentional with the For Our City part. So October is kind of a focus on homelessness. And you can walk out. As you walk out, there's 
four different tables out there. And you can sign up to be an attender. You can sign up to be a partner. You can sign up. Where, there's the where do I fit in part. There's the I want to join a team or a group part. And then there's I want to be doing something for our city. And our first thing in October is centered around homelessness. There's an organization called The Hub up in Chippewa Falls. And The Hub is a, is a grouping of tiny homes. It's a community where individuals experiencing homelessness can seek temporary transitional shelter while working with The Hub case manager to move forward in life. The hub has 14 units that house individuals. There are all these little tiny homes that are in this little community. The hub has 14 units that house individuals in transition from dependent to independent living. Along with housing, we provide basic case management to help individuals with life skills, financial accountability, rental history, and a strong support system. So one of their needs is that every person that moves into one of these homes gets a basket full of basic needs. Laundry detergent, soap, toothbrush, toothpaste. And that basket full of needs is placed in each home. So when somebody walks into their new home, they already have some supplies that will get them started. And I think we have out there, there are 20 slips because they need 20 baskets made. So that is our first serving opportunity for the city. So if you are going to say, I'll take a basket, I want to help with this, go out, sign up, grab a slip, and then bring the basket back in a couple weeks full of the supplies needed. In November, we have a really cool ministry that I got to finalize a couple last steps on, but look to the first, the first or second Saturday of November. We are looking to do an awesome ministry that hopefully next week or the, the week after you'll get more information on. And then the third, uh, in December, we want to help out our friends at Power of Perception. Dennis is in the house. Dennis started this nonprofit, and his whole dream is to mentor black and biracial kids in the school system. So he's in all the schools, all the schools around here, all the schools in this area where on a weekly basis they mentor students. It is awesome. And so in December, we want to designate that month to specifically help. We support a power perception. We want to help fund uh, some of their donation baskets or whatever they need. We want to help them in the month of December. And we got more planned for the spring. But this is an intentional year where we are going to take steps to serve organizations that are serving others in the city. And as we do that, I'm praying And asking Jesus, what is the big gap in our city that you've created Renewed Church to fill? Because I fully believe that there's something, that there's a need that isn't being done. That God has for us to step into in the right moments. And we just got to get our house in order so we're ready. So, I'm out of time. There's next steps here. And the next steps are just simply, 
where do you fit in and what group or team will you join? So that we can be the spiritual house that is continually being grown up and maturing. So that we can go out and be the light in the darkness. What's your step of faith? Maybe it's giving for the first time. Maybe it's signing up to join a team or a group. And you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to. Like, just take the step of faith. Just, just take it. As the worship team comes up, I want to read this prayer from the book of Ephesians. And I want to pray this over us. I pray that out of his glorious riches, Jesus may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all of God's people to grasp how wide, how long, how high, how deep is the love of Jesus. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or even imagine according to his power that is at work within us, according to the Holy Spirit, in him, glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen and amen. Amen. Let's all stand.